Are you ready for change? Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. You're listening to the Mr. Change Agent Podcast with your host, Ron Ovid. He's the director and founder of Empower Ministry. He's a pastor, counselor, recovery coach, and author and creator of Emotional Relearning. And we've been talking a lot about habits, learning all kinds of things. This has been really interesting, Ron, and I know last time we got carried away quite a bit. So much about habits, and I'm sure my own curiosity has uh, amplified the program a little bit. But let's get back to where you were and give us some more examples of how to break or change. Uh, would, mm-hmm. Is break a wrong word? Is it break no, a habit no, or no, change a break habit? a habit or change it. I like change because... Uh, Sometimes we substitute, so you're making a change. Sometimes you just got to break. I didn't substitute anything with a nail biting, for example, that I talked about. The same it, with just, the, it just extinguished after You talked a while. earlier about caffeine. Now there, you substituted. Yeah, yeah, and with caffeine. And well, let's, let's get into yeah. that. Let's, okay. uh, let's talk about that. What we talked about in the last podcast was that you want to take and deny the legitimacy of the cue. I don't have to listen to it. It's faulty wiring. This isn't real. And so I don't have to listen to it, and so I decide to ride the wave. And uh, let, me, let me interrupt here. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not telling the audience that when your brain tells you danger, Will Robinson, not to listen to it. I mean, th- our brains are there to show us scary situations, fear. Our brains do a lot of good. You're talking about habits when the brain says, i got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, that it's basing it on maybe a wrong premise or a false premise. Right. I mean, the brain is there to warn us of a lot of things, and it does good. A lot of fire, you smell fire, smoke, you get out and leave. Sure. But you're saying that that same function of the brain will tell you you need things because it's something that becomes habitual. habitual. Right. And you're saying that's the lie, or that's the Sure. Problem. There's a monster in the basement okay. at one time that was real to you. You were a child. Uh, you, you, you were thinking emotionally. Now you get older. You decide that you want to go in a basement and you pause for a second. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> What's interesting is when we raise children, it brings up a lot of our own stuff. There was a woman, for example, that uh, uh, had her three-year-old or four-year-old was going to teach her a tricycle to go, go down the driveway on training wheels on a bike, right? And uh, so she gets there at the top of the driveway. All of a sudden, she just like has this panic attack. And she's just... <sighs> You know, starts breathing heavy and everything, and he's got to run, got to go. And and her chin started hurting. She got this pain in her chin. So she told a girl, not right now, and she didn't know what was going on. Well, she got on the phone with her mother and was telling her the craziest thing happened. I go to take my little daughter, put her down the driveway, and and we're ready to go. And all of a sudden, I had this, like, fear, this panic came over me, and my chin was sore. And, and the mother says, well, well, honey, don't you remember? He said, what? She, well, when you were three years old, we took you on your bicycle, and we were going to take you down the driveway, and you went down, you fell, and you hit your chin and cut your chin. <laughs> and so here's this years later, you know, having a child of her own, going through the same thing, and the brain brought it up. Well, a lot of times when those things come, it was a legitimate fear when she was three years old, but it's not a legitimate fear later. And so we have to discern. Discernment has to come in. I mean, sure, you hear a loud noise coming at you, and it sounds like a truck, you know, (laughs) you you get out of the way. 
So sure, it's there to protect us, but so much of what we fear is faulty wiring. I mean, I work with anxiety all the time and, uh, and fear, and uh, a lot of it is so illegitimate, and, and it comes from stimulus response. It comes from beliefs, self-beliefs from childhood, a lot of it. And so we have to be able to figure it out and discern. But you're right. if The brain is there to protect us, and so we, we want to be protected. I just thought of something. Um, okay. When you're a kid in elementary school, mm-hmm. the gym is so big. Right. I mean, it's cavernous. I mean, sure. oh my gosh, the basketball net's so high, and I can barely make it across the gym. And you go sure. to junior high, and you know, and and in our high school, and you come back to your <laughs> elementary school and go and say, "What? What is this? A closet?" Exactly. And and what was huge to you as a kid, right? And if you hadn't gone back, you'd forever think that was the biggest gym in captivity. It wasn't. You were a kid, and you're saying we carry fears that maybe yeah, a dog barked at you. And the mm-hmm. dog was twice or your size because you're a kid. Maybe even maybe bit you. Yeah, but you know, but the dog was huge because you're small. Sure. You're six foot now, and that dog's small. But you know, but you're still looking at it like yeah. A kid. When, when I well, a lot of times when I teach, I'll go up to you know someone at a table there, and I'll say, uh, "Do you mind if I work with you here and illustrate something?" No, and okay, I'm going to yell, so don't take it personally. I'm gonna, and I go, "What's wrong with you?" You know, and I'm standing there sitting in a chair. And I said, did you guys get that? Yeah. I said, now watch this. And it gets scary because I'm older now. And I pull out a chair and I stand on the chair, which, <laughs> which, oh, you know, and everyone laughs. But now I'm in a chair, which is only putting me, what, two feet mm-hmm. uh, off the ground? 21 inches. Yeah, or oh, something like that. So now I'm looking down. And inevitably I said, this is what a child feels like. And you should see the look on the face of the person I'm doing this with. They look up and it's, I say, that's the world from a child. And so a lot of times when these things happen as children, they get amplified. The trouble is that child in us is still alive. <laughs> and so a lot of the things that we fear are really childhood fears and we need to get rid of them. Very good, Ron. Now, I probably took you a little off course. We're here talking to Ron over the uh, Mr. Change Agent podcast, and you're talking about how we can substitute or change or stop mm-hmm. different habits. So continue. Yeah, so we were talking about, you know, denying the legitimacy of, of the cue. Another one that we can do is substitute the behavior. And I already illustrated that last time with my nail biting, right? Here I have uh, this tingling in my fingers. And what I decided to do instead of biting the nails is I rubbed them on my sleeve, rubbed them on my shirt, rubbed them on the pant legs or whatever to get rid of that tingling. And what was interesting about that is that within a day, the tingling never came back. Now, the tingling comes when my nails get longer, but it doesn't come out of nervousness or anything else that I associated with the cue. So that that was extinguished by changing the behavior. And a lot of times we can do that. What other behavior will get us the same reward? In this case, the reward was the tingling stops. And so for those kind of things where you're going to stop something or you want to be comforted, for example, what else will comfort you besides that cake, you know? Mm -hmm. What other ways can you get comfort besides porn, you know? What else other ways can you get, you know, this? So a lot of times you can say, okay, if I'm... If I'm looking for that reward, and it's a legitimate reward, now that, that's the result of that, then what, what other behavior will fit? So that's another way. So stimulus, change the behavior, and I still get the reward. Or amplify the reward. A lot of times it's excitement, but how much better to have satisfaction. 
And so intimacy with sex is satisfaction. The thrill and the porn and stuff like that is excitement. And yes, we want excitement. However, if it's if it's illegitimate, it's causing damage, then we need to change the behavior and figure out something else. And so changing the behavior is another way. The last is to, of course, change the reward. And I kind of mentioned that already in a way. Substitute excitement, satisfaction for excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other kind of reward is there? What would be better? Um, for example, when I wanted to quit um, sugar and carbs, the reward that I was getting from that was I, I, they tasted great. They tasted great. It brought me satisfaction. Wow, I got a thrill of it. You know, it's, you know, wow, that tasted good. It was momentarily, it might calm you down a little bit or give you a high, whatever, you know, whatever it does for you. But then I started thinking, yeah, but I'm 30 pounds overweight and I don't like the way I look. So the reward I had to put in mind is that I wanted to get back to within 10, 15 pounds of high school or whatever. You know, a lot of people, the majority of people can get back to 15, 20 pounds within, which as an adult, that ain't bad, you know. Uh, I want to get back to size whatever in my pants, you know. And so that had to become a reward. It was an immediate reward. But it became a reward. I substituted that short-term. Now, what I also substituted, though, was the behavior. I got some sugar-free stuff that I could eat once in a while that tasted halfway decent Mm -hmm. and substituted it for the sugar thing. And so that even took care of some of that. And so it's a combination of that. So I think two other ways. Delegitimize the, the thing to begin with, the cue. Change the behavior change the reward. So yeah, that's those are the kind of ways that we can start changing the behavior. I'd encourage our uh, people to go ahead and get on our uh, YouTube uh, channel. I have a lot of videos there. We have some courses they can look into, uh, a new book called The Habit Challenge, you know, that they can look at. We've got a lot of stuff on this and uh, look for some of our courses too. But right now I'm offering everybody a free ebook called uh, Overcoming Triggers. And so it has a lot of this in there, and it's uh, there's free. They can just go to our website, www.empowerforliving.com forward slash trigger. So that's www.empowerforliving.com forward slash trigger, and I'll be happy to send that to them. Well, thank you. You've been listening to the podcast, Mr. Change Agent, with your change agent, Ron Ovitt, president and founder of Empower Ministry. Join us again. Tell your friends about it. Make it a habit. (laughs) No pun intended. You listen to us right here on the Mr. Change Agent podcast. 